0: Psalm 68, for the chief musician, a psalm by David, a song. Let God arise, let his enemies be smashed. Actually, it said let his enemies be scattered. (laughs) But smashed sounds good too. Uh, Let his enemies be scattered. Let them who hate him flee from before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. Sing to God. Sing praise to his name. Extol him who rides the clouds. To Yah, his name. Rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God puts the lonely in families. He brings out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious dwell in a sun scorched land. God, when you went out with your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth trembled. The sky poured down rain at the presence of God, at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, God, sent plentiful rain. You confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. Your congregation lived therein. You, God, prepare your goodness for the poor. The Lord announced the word. The ones who proclaim it are a great company. King of armies flee, they flee. She who waits at home divides the plunder, while you sleep among the campfires. The wings of a dove shift with silver, her feathers with shining gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in her, it snowed on Zalman. The mountains of Bashan are majestic mountains. The mountains of Bashan are rugged. Why do you look in envy, you rugged mountains, at the mountain where God chooses to reign? Yes, Yahweh will dwell there forever. The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord is among them from Sinai to the sanctuary. You have ascended on high. You have led away captives. You have received gifts among people, yes, among the rebellious also, that Yah God might dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens, even the God who is our salvation. Selah. God is to us a God of deliverance. To Yahweh the Lord belongs escape from death. But God will strike through the head of his enemies, the hairy scalp of such a one as still continues in his guiltiness. The Lord said... I will bring you again from Bashan. I will bring you again from the depths of the sea, that you may crush them, dipping your foot in blood, that the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from your enemies. They have seen your processions, God, even the processions of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers went before, the minstrels followed after, among the ladies playing with tambourines. Bless God in the congregations, even the Lord in the assembly of Israel. There is little Benjamin, their ruler, the princes of Judah, their council, the princes of Zebulun, and the princes of Naphtali. Your God has commanded your strength. Strengthen, God, that which you have done for us. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bring presents to you. Rebuke the wild animals of the reeds, the multitude of the bulls with the calves of the people, Being humbled, may it bring bars of silver. Scatter the nations that delight in war. Princes shall come out of Egypt. Ethiopia shall hurry to stretch out her hands to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. Sailor. To him who rides on the heaven of heavens, which are of old. Behold, he utters his voice, a mighty voice. Ascribe strength to the Lord. His excellency is over Israel. His strength is in the skies. You are awesome God in your sanctuaries. The God of Israel gives strength and power to his people. Praise be to God. Well, that was a longer psalm than some of the ones we've had recently. And um, this psalm, um, it seems to um, have been written by David at a time when David had just become the king. Now, um, sometime, you might be wondering, how do we know that? And for quite a lot of the Psalms, there's a context to them. And I often will, I've often been saying what the context is. So sometimes we know the context because it says it in the, the title. The title will be, you know, like, a psalm when David was fleeing from Absalom or something like that. Sometimes we know the context from what's in the psalm. And uh, like Psalm 42, we were able to work out the context. We worked out, you know, where it was written, who it was written by, all of that. And um, so this psalm, it would seem to be one like that. We work out the context based on what's in it. And so this is a psalm of David, and it seems to have been written at a time when David had just become the king, and he had just started to smash all the nations around him. So... You know, because, for example, if David had written this psalm when he was old, when he'd been a king for a while, well, the enemies were already defeated by then. If he had written this before he was the king, some of the things wouldn't quite fit with that either. So it seems to have been written at a point where he's rising up to say, Lord, arise, let your enemies be smashed. So that seems to be the context. So occasionally... Bible experts, they're kind of like going with what seems right. So what we seem to have here is a psalm that's like a great, great psalm of praise. It's very high praise, saying how wonderful God is, how powerful he is, and telling him to rise up and smash his enemies. So it says here, verse 1, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let those who hate him flee. Well, who's God's enemies? Uh, At the time that David was writing this, he was thinking it's the Philistines, it's the Moabites, the Ammonites, Girgashites, all those groups, (laughs) Edomites. Um, Well, but now when we read this psalm, you know, we're New Testament believers and we realize God's enemies, it's the schemes of Satan. It's the lies that people believe. It's the false traditions, and it's it's things in the church like pride and jealousy. These are all his enemies. We want them smashed and driven away so that God will have his way. And the prayer, let God arise, is a great, great prayer of praise. Verse 2, it says, as smoke is driven away, drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, let them perish. <laughs> so think about problems that are afflicting your church, and, uh, you know, it, Sometimes the problems are working through people, but we're not praying to smash the people or drive them away. But we're praying that the issues that are at work in their heart, you know, the lies that people believe, or sometimes the demonic power at work behind people, be smashed, be driven away. There's a church in uh, the United States called Morning Star, Morning Star Ministries. It's in, um, it's either North or South Carolina and uh, they put out some worship albums and uh, they put out an album in the early 2000s and the album was called worship and there was a song based right here off on psalm 68 and the song was called oh yeah oh yeah let god arise and it's a long song goes like 20 minutes i love that song (laughs) so just reading psalm 68 reminds me of it you should go on to um, you know, YouTube Music or somewhere and just type in "O Yah." Yah is spelled J A H. J has got the Y sound, and um, you know "O Yah." Morning Star Ministries and listen to that song. Great, great, listen. And um, verse six, it says, "God sets the lonely in families. He brings the prisoners out with singing, but the rebellious dwell in a sun scorched land." So you know when people get saved. They're like orphans, but the Lord puts them in the church. He puts them in a family. They find a place to belong. He delivers the prisoners. Now, these are people who have been bound by sin, bound by things like unforgiveness, bitterness, and pride, and their lives are ruined by their stinking thinking or their bad attitudes, and yet the Lord delivers them, and the prisoners go free. But sometimes people refuse to let go. Those are the rebellious, and it says they dwell in a sun-scorched land. And then in verse 15, it says the mount. It's interesting things you find in these Psalms. The mountains of Bashan are majestic mountains. The mountains of Bashan are rugged. And then he like talks to the mountains. He says, why do you look in envy, you rugged mountains, <laughs> at the mountain where God chooses to dwell? So imagine that mountains were people. And there's these mountains in Bashan which are majestic. So Bashan is like um, across the Jordan River from Israel. And it's up to the north. And this is like the Golan Heights or, you know, maybe even further north. So maybe even Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is this, like, mountain. It's two kilometers high or something, snow covered, maybe three kilometers high, snow on the top. It feeds, you know, every summer the snow melts and the Jordan River runs. It's a majestic mountain. <laughs> and yes. He's speaking to these mountains and saying, look how magnificent you are, but why do you look in jealousy at the mountain God chooses to dwell in? So God, you know, in in the time of Israel, the Lord chose to dwell in Zion, which was, you know, Jerusalem, which was a small mountain. And um, so, you know, figuratively speaking, God's dwelling in a little humble mountain, which is where he placed his city, but there's these majestic mountains that look on with jealousy. (laughs) Well, this is always the Lord's way. There are lots of nations in the world that think they're so wonderful and powerful, and yet the Lord works through foolish things. Paul said in the New Testament, the Lord chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. So, for example, you've got King Saul, who's majestic and great-looking. He looked like a right a good king, and yet God chooses David, someone who looked insignificant. Or Jesus comes into the world, instead of being born into a palace, He's born into a manger, into a poor family. Um, the Lord does this type of thing over and over and over. In, we, we, when we were going through First and Second Kings, there was the story of Naaman. And God told Naaman to go dip in the Jordan River seven times, which was a dirty, dirty river. And he's like, why do I have to dip in the dirty river when there are clean rivers back in my own country? Well, there again, God's choosing a lowly thing And so that's what we've got here with these mountains. We've got these majestic mountains, and the psalmist talks to the mountains. Why do you look in jealousy at the place where God chooses to dwell? So this whole psalm is basically saying, you know, God has chosen some lowly stuff, like little old Israel, surrounded by all these magnificent nations, and and yet, Lord, you arise. (laughs) Smash your enemies. Let your power be at work. And then it ends in verse 19. Well, that's not the end, but it's the last verse I have a comment here for. It says, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens, the God who is our salvation. And Jesus does do that. He daily bears our burdens. In the New Testament, Christ said, come to me all you who are weary and I will give you rest. So Christ bears our burdens. So we've got a God who smashes our enemies. And uh, our problem is we tend to just drift through life We don't tend to live with faith. We don't tend to live with praise or live with this kind of perspective of our God as the all-powerful one. We notice the the humble circumstances of our own life, and yet we don't realize that God has chosen our humble circumstances to dwell in and has not chosen the fancy circumstances that we see all around us. God's with us. He's not in some of that fancy stuff. And so we have... A amazing, powerful, wonderful God, and he daily bears our burdens. We have a lot to be thankful for. To be truthful, this Psalm 68 was a longer psalm, and there was a lot in it. It's worth another read, and it's worth a bit of time to think about and consider. Lord, in the same way that David was raised up to being the king, and he took his armies out and smashed all his enemies around, I pray in our own lives, the strongholds of sin and evil and all these things would be smashed. Deliver us, Lord, from our enemies too. In Jesus' name. Amen.